Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Counting down to the end of the 2022 season. Boy, a lot of racing finishing up across the country. Of course, we still got plenty more to come in the final few weeks of the season. My name is Chris Wilner here in the Concord, North Carolina studios, home of the Motor Racing Network. And as always, Kyle Ricky out in Killingly, Connecticut, where it is officially fall down here in the Carolinas, Kyle. But boy, I can't imagine how cold it's starting to get up in your neck of the woods. So I put a hoodie on today. Uh, yeah, thinking, look, looking outside that it looks like a cold fall day. Walked outside and it was like 68 degrees. I'm like, where did this come from? So I have no idea what's happening with the weather up here right now, but it feels good. We'll take it. Uh, I think we have well, one more race weekend up here with ACT and pass and then that's it. So hopefully this weather can hang around for another 72 hours, 96 hours or so, and then it can do what it wants. But I, yeah. I'm soaking it in now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's kind of been a roller coaster down here in the Carolinas as well. Like, I mean, it's 75 today. I had a hoodie on because it was freezing this morning. So I don't know. Mother Nature will decide to do what it wants to do. But of course, uh, we're already in the heart of October. A lot of great racing, as we mentioned this past weekend. We have a great show for you as well. We're going to talk championship with our newly crowned Arc Menard Series titleist for 2022, Nick Sanchez. He'll be up after break number one. But first, of course, we have to go through our Coast to Coast winners this week. And I'll go ahead and kick things off, Kyle, with Brandon Ward, who won the Smart Season Finale, uh, that championship race that came down the Smart Three, they like to call it, kind of in their playoff format. But he was able to win uh, the Radford Race at Motor Mile in Virginia this past weekend. A great crowd, a great uh, car count. I think 17 cars made the call for the feature. Bobby Labonte was in the championship three. He was unable to hold on for the championship. Caleb Hetty was able to take that title by uh, just a handful of points there at the end. So it was a great race. But uh, for Brandon Ward, he waited a long time. I think his last win was last year. So first one yeah. this year for him. So I know he was uh, definitely uh, excited to get the monkey off the back, of course, in the final race of the season. But a uh, great race on flow. Yeah, uh, first one of the year, um, and it was fun to watch on Flow Racing. Like you mentioned, a great crowd, great field of cars. Uh, Caleb Hetty, uh, mechanical woes early in the race. I believe it was a, a drive shaft that broke on that Tommy Baldwin racing entry, and uh, he went behind a wall, had to fix that car, but thankfully had a, just enough point cushion uh, to hang on for the championship. So uh, a great race there over the weekend. Uh, my... Coast to coast winner number one is Bobby Santos the third, uh, picking up a, a USAC midget race win at Indianapolis Raceway Park over the weekend. Led all 40 laps en route to the victory. It was his 14th win at IRP, now second on the all-time win list there, uh, just one behind Tracy Hines, who has 15. So congratulations to Bobby. It was great to catch up with him a couple of weeks ago when he was up here in a modified at Thompson. Saw his sister, uh, Erica, this past weekend at the Seacon Speedway. So um, always fun to see the Santos family can continue to have success 
in this sport. And uh, Bobby, I didn't realize that he's only one win out of the all-time win leader at IRP. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And, you know, as a Hoosier growing up uh, just about 15 minutes away from IRP, uh, you don't say IRP without saying either the last name Santos or Swanson. Those two have just been mere rivals at that place in anything, whether it be a midget or a, or a silver crown, of course, a sprint car as well. So, yeah, absolutely not. And Bobby's not done either. So I, I would like to think that record will fall uh, next year uh, for sure uh, at IRP. So awesome win for him. Uh, my third winner or second winner, if you want to call it this week, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with DJ Shaw on one of the coolest finishes uh, of the weekend, I think, or really one of the top five of the year for the ACT Tour uh, out at the Haunted 100 at Seekonk. We mentioned up there with the Monaco Tri-Track was up there, but DJ Shaw held on in an incredible race back and forth, uh, third win of 2022 as well, uh, in capturing the ACT Championship for 2022. What a year it's been for DJ, of course, uh, was was going for a uh, Oxford Plains, uh, Oxford 250 win, fell short, but won uh, dozens of times this year across the uh, New, New England area in terms of late mall racing. So what a year for DJ. Yep, oh, no doubt. It was a great race, a uh, fantastic finish uh, by that uh, the, the ACT cars. Good field as well. 31 took the green flag. Uh, my final winner here in this opening segment, Anthony Nocella. You mentioned Seekonk Speedway, the Haunted 100. We're going to jump over to the modi- modified part of that portion uh, for the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series. A mouthful indeed. Another good field. 43 teams were on hand trying to make the 29 starting spots. Anthony Nocella picking up the race win, holding off the likes of Matt Hirschman, who picked up his seventh Monaco Modified Championship. So uh, another great race up here to kind of wrap up New England racing. All but, of course, this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And my final winner uh, this week here on this opening segment, we're going to go with the Cars Tour uh, wrapping up their penultimate race of the year. Carson Quapple picking up his first Cars Tour late model stock championship in year number one with Junior Motorsports. Of course, that team legendary when you look at Josh Berry and all the things he was able to do over the last couple decades. But his fourth win of the year coming uh, this past weekend at South Boston, one of the legendary tracks, of course, we talk about each and every week, getting the late model stock win and, of course, getting the championship. And William Suela, 20 the pro late model portion again that points battle not decided yet uh luke fenhouse does have the lead i think he should hold on for the championship when it's wrapped up in a couple weeks but nevertheless william swalich a sixth win on the pro late model side of things so a couple youngsters uh etching their names in in terms of just the win column again and again and again that we've seen this year uh two heavy favorites in william swalich and of course carson quapple winning the championship uh kyle you have a shout out this week before we get to our guest uh, coming up yeah, I'm going to go with Derek Luchaki. Uh, finished 16th in the ACT race, his home racetrack in full fendered cars, but uh, made his modified debut, got a top 10 run, finished in the eighth spot in the Monaco modified race. So nice to see Derek uh, spreading his win- wings into the open wheel world and, and uh, doing well in both races on Saturday at Seacom. I'm going to go West Coast for my shout-out. I'm going to go for Jeremy Doss, his 11th career Spears SRL Southwest Tour Series win, his first at Kern County since 2014. So I know it's been a track that's been on uh, the win list for him that he's trying to get back to. He finally did so after about, what, seven, eight years. And then I also want to go for Cody Swanson. You mentioned IRP with Bobby Santos. Cody now becoming just the third driver in USAC history to win seven championships in one division, joining A.J. Foyt in the sprint cars and Mel Kenyon in the midgets. So, Cody, of course, a legend when you talk about pavement sprint cars 
really anything on pavement. Anything he gets into, he's quick. Even the open wheel uh, Formula 2000s he's running as well. So somebody get that guy an IndyCar ride or something. Cody Swanson, uh, Hall of Fame career continues as he wins his seventh championship. All right, well, speaking of championships, Nick Sanchez, driver of the Rev Racing number 2 in the Arkham Nard Series, your 2022 champion, is on the other end of the break. Coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track. For race fans everywhere, subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in. Four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. RN. And now joining us is your newly crowned champion in the Arkham Menard Series for 2022, Mr. Nick Sanchez, the 21-year-old out of Miami, Florida. First full-time season with Rev Racing picks up the 2022 title. Nick, congratulations. I know we were talking in the break here just before we got you on about you haven't really had time to celebrate because you're, of course, running the remainder of the year with the Big Machine Racing Club in the Series. But walk me back to Toledo and wrapping up that championship. It was a tight points battle for really much of the year between you, your Rev Racing teammate, Raja Kruth, and of course, Daniel Dye. But going into Toledo, what were the nerves like? I mean, how did you handle all that uh, when it came down to going in with what, two point lead? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, you know throughout the year, I think I think it got off to a rocky start for us um, with Daytona and Phoenix. And honestly, I really didn't look at points much till like, uh, honestly, when we took them over at Michigan, I believe. Um, you know, we just, you know, we had a really good run. We'd have, we would have really good runs, really bad runs. And it, it seems like we can never consistently fire off good finishes. So it always put us in a hole with points, but, you know, after Michigan, when, when we won that race, we found ourselves in the lead and didn't look back. Um, but as far as nerves going into Toledo, there wasn't really any, cause you know, obviously the championship was on the line, but there was nothing I could do more. Um, at the end of the day, I looked at it as another race and tried to put my best foot forward, and that's all I could control. That's all my team could control, and at the end of the day, we did that. I think for the first time, three short tracks wrapping up the Arkham Menards series schedule, so uh, pretty cool, but it's one of the most diverse schedules we see all year with the short tracks and the super speedways, the intermediate tracks, the two miles, the dirt tracks, 
what do you like best? Uh, where do you think you're most comfortable when it comes to to the different styles of racetracks in the Arkham Menard series? Um, you know, me, I, I feel like I'm adaptable to every track. Uh, I love road courses. I love the big tracks. I love the small tracks. Um, I like them all the same. I want I want to win at all of them. Um, but as far as my team, I, I feel like uh, speed wise, we, we excelled on the bigger tracks versus the smaller tracks. And um, we were not bad on the road courses, which was good. I think we had a shot to win mid Ohio and Watkins Glen at the end. So, but I really do believe our, our big track program is what got us the championship. It seems like most of, you know, if, if we didn't win a mile and a half or two mile track, we finished second, you know, uh, and that, that, those points were very important for us, and uh, I think that's where we excelled. Toledo, checkered flag falls, and you get the word over the radio that you're crowned the champion. What were kind of the first emotions, and then what was the celebration like there uh, after you climbed out of the race car? Um, I would probably just say a sigh early. Um, I guess the whole year, you know, even though I didn't see it as pressure, there was a lot of pressure with my team, and you know, outside looking in, I guess people thought there was pressure. So it was nice to get that weight lifted off my shoulder and, you know, get that part of my career closed in the ARCA series and have a championship, my first real championship. Um, and we, my team celebrated, you know, uh, a lot of hugs, a lot of high fives, fist bumps, and a lot of pictures. So I know everyone on my team really enjoyed that moment and uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Three wins this year. Two came relatively early in the season. Talladega and Kansas raced three and four uh, on the campaign after a couple of those rough weeks that you had mentioned at Daytona and Phoenix. But then a bit of a dry spell until Michigan. Uh, how do you manage that as a driver? Is that tough knowing that, hey, we got a winning team. We just won two of the first four races. And then it takes, you know, four months roughly to get back to victory lane. Yeah, I think, you know, it was very tough. Um, but I know, you know, you look at Mid-Ohio, you look at Pocono, those are two opportunities where I felt like we should have won at. So knowing that we were in position to win and we didn't win, um, even though we didn't win, it felt like, you know, I was in contention. I wasn't, I wasn't there just riding around. So um, those two races, you know, fueled me to, you know, even perform, try to even perform better. And, you know, it definitely uh, sparked a conversation within our team on how we could be better and where I need to eliminate mistakes and where they need to eliminate mistakes. And I think that ultimately helped us those two races. Were there any worries? I know if I, you know, think back to at least the races I was in person to see, like with Mid-Ohio and the tire debacle uh, with the penalty for you and Raja, and then you look at Bristol and IRP, and you start to see the point gap get smaller and smaller. Were you worried at all, or was any of that in the back of your mind, or are you just trying to put one race behind you and focus on the next one? Um, I mean, you know, there was times where I know my team was worried, you know, me, I knew what I had to do. And um, I knew we had a pretty decently sized lead for that reason. Um, ideally, we wouldn't want to make those mistakes. It, it did not play into our favor, but we still in somewhat in some way held our composure, I guess you could say. And, you know, we just we didn't try to make a bad day worse. You know, Bristol, even though it was a very bad day. Um, it could have been worse when you look at it. So, you know, we just can't dig ourselves into a deeper hole um, when something goes wrong. So we had that mindset in and, you know, we uh, minimized our loss, I guess. Yeah, they say those are the days that championships are won is minimizing your bad days and making the most of them, which uh, is exactly what you did. 
Um, at the start of this interview, we talked about the NASCAR Xfinity Series. You've run six events there this year, four of them um, more recently with Big Machine Racing. Um, how do you feel like you're adapting to uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series car over this last month or so? Yeah, you know, it's been a learning experience. Obviously, first doing my two first uh, two races with BJ and then yeah. moving to Big Machine, um, starting in Bristol. You know, Bristol is a real eye opener. You know, I would say the most competitive car I've ever been in most information I've had available to me. And, you know, um, you, there's just so much to take in. So each race I've done, I feel like I've made a lot of progress as a driver and, you know, elevating my game and knowing where I need to be better behind the wheel of the car. And I think that these races are the most important races of my career, um, you know, because they're molding me in, in, in some ways, you know, the driver I hope to be. Um, so it, it's, it's not easy, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying, you know, looking at the little details, trying to find little, little ways I could be better um, from the sim to the race car and how that translation works and where I need to be better in that translation process. So it's a lot to take in, but uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. It, it of course is a learning curve, right? And it's so overwhelming when I'm sure you first got in the Xfinity car because that, you know, it behaves so much differently than the Arca car and things like that. But as you've gone through the season, what have you found has been the toughest part of that adjustment for you coming from the Arca car to the Xfinity cars. We, you know, we had Josh Berry on the show and it, it was a whale of a difference from a late model to an Xfinity car. So I, I'd like to think the gap is a little bit closer between the Arca car and Xfinity, but kind of what was the toughest challenge for you when you first got started? Um, You know, honestly, the car, they're actually pretty close together. I feel like driving the car in the limit for like 70 or 80 laps and it, um, and it's not so much driving it in the limit, getting it to drive fast for a long period of time. That's something that I struggled with, you know, Every tenth, every tenth and a half, every half a tenth, it all adds up over a over a course of a long run. So that's something that I'm getting better at, and you know, just tuning the car to my liking. Um, this is the first time I've really had the opportunity to tell the team what I wanted in the car, and I feel it on the sim before I get to the track. So I could, I'm I'm figuring out what I like at before coming before uh, coming along with big machine racing. I I didn't know what I liked it as a driver, so I think finding that comfort level um in the xfinity cars and then obviously you know the the pit stops um all the little things choose box um all the little things i'm not used to um that i don't see every week uh, i'm just you know learning that process and every week it gets more and more uh i guess uh, natural <laughs> you are from miami florida how cool was it to race at homestead miami speedway last saturday on nascar's national stage yeah, no, it was really cool. I, I had so much friends and family there, and it, it's it was really cool to grow up in the in the place I grew a uh, race in the place I grew up. Um, you know, they don't have most of the people I had at the track um, that were friends and family. That was their first race. They had never seen a race. They knew I raced. They had no idea what to expect. But I think everyone was blown away, and I know I think there's a lot of new fans, um, a lot of new NASCAR fans because of that. So um, it was awesome to race there. And, you know, besides the fact the track's really fun, I think it's one of the best on the schedule. And it's a driver's track and it's not easy. So I, I learned, learned more about the Xfinity car there and, you know, ways you can push it. I know it was pretty special for you, too, to pick up a championship 
you know, during like Latin America Heritage Month, right? Or, or, or in, in kind of your culture and your Cuban background with your family is something big. And I know that's something that's kind of shaped you as a driver. So how special was that? And how has that molded you into driver? I know you're part of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program, right? And, and that got you connected with Rev Racing. Uh, actually, I believe you're the first champion for that team since Kyle Larson back in 2012. So that's got to be pretty cool. But how has your background kind of shaped you in, into a driver? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, my background really hasn't shaped, shaped me into, I mean, not that it hasn't shaped me into a driver, but, um, you know, I'm the first in my family to race. So I guess my, a lot of people from my background don't race. Um, but it's cool to kind of get the culture, you know, the Hispanic culture, the Cuban culture and bring it to racing. You know, you see Daniel Suarez do it with the, with the Mexican culture and, you know, it's a culture that doesn't really see the sport. So it's something new and it's something exciting. And, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started building. I'm, I'm just getting started building that fan base on um, that Hispanic fan base um, that I hope to have uh, with me for a long time. And to your point, you know, um, 10 years ago, Larson won the championship. So it's really cool to get Max Eagle, Rev Racing, and everyone on the team their second championship. And uh, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big follow up. Um, you know, Kyle Larson, obviously, the things he's gone on to do is. They're amazing. So uh, to be up there with him on the team is pretty cool. Let's look ahead a little bit uh, this weekend. The NASCAR Xfinity Series heads to the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia, ready to go back short track racing. And what do you know about that paperclip oval? Um, you know, I I've been there for an Xfinity race. So at least I, I guess I saw one in person. I've never raced there, but it's a short track. And it's one that I've actually always wanted to race at. So I'm really excited. Um, it's I don't really know what to expect. Just gotta gotta protect the bottom. That's what everyone seems to tell me. So um, just gotta be aggressive. That's what I've learned in this series. You know, you can't you can't lay over for anyone, and you got to take a spot when it comes available. So I think this weekend's gonna teach. It's gonna teach me that a lot. And then you go on to Phoenix, where obviously we've raced, you know, on the ARCA side of things before. But over the next two weeks, before we wrap up the NASCAR season, you actually have a chance to catch your breath and kind of digest everything. What is the goal for the next two weeks? What is success? What is a successful two weeks look like to you? And how do you build on that looking forward to 2023? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people will probably call me crazy for this, but I want to win. Um, that's my goal. You know, I don't at the end of the day, I don't I don't like to think I celebrate a top 10 or a top five. Um, you know, I obviously I've gotten near the, neither in the Xfinity series, but I want to, I want to compete up front in the series and go for wins. So I know Phoenix is a place I have a lot of experience at. Um, I, I kind of know what I like there. I mean, my first Xfinity start there, so I'm not flying blind. Um, you know, I, I could put a little bit more input into the car setup and whatnot. So I think there, you know, there and Martinsville, I think we'll have really good sh uh, shots. Obviously it's not, it's not easy to win in the Xfinity Series with uh, who you're racing against, but uh, it's it's all for the taking. Final question for you. Once you get an opportunity to catch your breath here in a couple of weeks, because you really haven't since, uh, you know, Bristol and then locking up the championship a couple of weeks ago at Toledo. Um, what's the offseason celebration going to look like here in, in just over two weeks' time? Um, I mean, offseason – I mean, next year's already gotten started for me. Um, I guess in years in years past, I used to look at an off season, but um, now it's just you know it's a natural progression to the next year. And you know, you if you start late for next year, you're gonna you know you're gonna be in a hole. So you you got to start early, you got to prepare early, and you got to be on your game for next year. So 
I'm, I can't wait to get to Daytona. Before we let you go, obviously winning an ARCA championship, really a championship in any level of motorsport is going to open up some doors, some opportunities. Obviously, you've already been a part of the NASCAR Xfinity Series, getting your feet wet this year, but what maybe does this championship in the Arkham Menard Series offer you for next year? Are things, you know, are, are you looking more full-time? I mean, do you know what your plans are full-time yet for next year? Yeah, no, I know my plans for next year. Um, hopefully, or not hopefully, they will be announced soon, but uh, it, it's really exciting and, you know, um, I would like to think the championship had something to do with, um, do with it, I guess. It never hurts to having your resume going forward wherever you go. So it's something that I always keep with me and um, always have. Well, hey, congratulations on all the success. Uh, hopefully you will get some time to celebrate, have some good time with your friends, your family, and, and soak up the championship, man. I know it's always, as a race car driver, it's always eyes forward, what's next, but you know, hopefully you get some time to really digest and uh you know, really recognize and appreciate what you got to accomplish, you and your team this year, because it was a lot of fun to watch. So congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. A friend of the show, as always, Nick Sanchez. Congratulations. 2022 as he drops his phone on us. That's all right. He <laughs> saved you. it for the end. He saved it for the end. It's okay. Congratulations. Good luck this weekend in Martinsville and, of course, in two weeks at Phoenix. And uh, we'll chat to you probably next year as you get uh, your full-time season started. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Yep. Nick Sanchez, 2022 Arkham Menard Series champion. Coming up next, go with the flow calendar. We're going to see what kind of racing is happening this week. As again, the countdown to the end of 2022 is on. That's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track. For race fans everywhere, subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing is something for everyone. It's what we know. Sprint cars are there. NASCAR weekly racing series, drag racing, off-road, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Wrapped up our conversation with your recent Arc Menard Series champion, Nick Sanchez. Kyle, uh, he hinted at it. Full-time next year, we don't know what team, but at least he kind of basically said he's going to be full-time Xfinity racing next year. That's pretty cool uh, for the driver who's going to be, what, 22 years old by the time we kick things off in Daytona. 
Yeah, 21 now. We'll be 22 by the time we get to, to Daytona in February. Uh, when he said, I'll see you at Daytona, yeah. kind of, you know, sparked something uh, like, okay, well, he obviously knows what he's doing next year. And there's a pretty good chance we're going to see a lot of him at the racetrack next season. It uh, somewhere in NASCAR's national series, probably the Xfinity series. That's where he is now getting comfortable missing the top 10 barely twice now in, in the yeah. last four starts as a, an 11th and 12th place finish. So he's catching on quick. It'll be interesting to see what he can do over these next two weeks. For sure. Absolute talent in the making and a young career is just getting started. So the future is bright for Nick Sanchez. A couple news bulletins before we get to the calendar of uh, the Florida Governor's Cup at New Smyrna canceled uh, for this year's running. Unfortunately, the track posting an update that the uh, racetrack there at New Smyrna took a little bit too much damage from Hurricane Ian. So that event will be canceled. Of course, they'll be back with the Red Eye 50-50 in 2023 how about a friend of our show Brittany zamora we've had her on or at least kyle you've had her on coast to coast before uh she's extending her year this year with rackley war she's going to run in the snowflake 100 first time start for her and of course that being a part of snowball derby weekend the snowflake 100 the pro late model portion so really good opportunity for Brittany kyle she's been somebody who's kind of been on the rise here and that's a big time move to to not only get a start in the snowflake but to do it with rackley war and, and all the experience behind that team that's got to be a pretty big start for her yeah a lot of experience behind that team both obviously on the local level and on the national level in the truck series i think Brittany is one of those uh young ladies up and coming in the sport. We've talked about her a couple of years now. She's from the West Coast, but has shined bright uh, across the country over the last two or three seasons at least. And uh, really look forward to hopefully maybe even seeing her more at the ARCA level, um, maybe uh, in seasons down the road, maybe as soon as 2023. Absolutely. And then Kyle and I had talked about this on G's probably episode four of the year when the rumors started developing but it's official there is a national super late model schedule for next year a national championship i should say and it'll be dubbed as the stars national late model series and that is formed for next year in 2023 a 10 race schedule a track enterprise uh, president bob Sargent confirmed it this week so kyle we talked about it could we get a national championship on the super late model level we indeed are going to get one it's going to be comprised of three regions because don't forget track track enterprises uh did have uh, now well really rights to cra they bought them out as well as the arca midwest championship and then now has a partnership with the Southern Super Series. So those three regions are going to be represented, a 10-race schedule, big money on the line. Kyle, anytime you put big money and super late miles together, the stars are going to come out, and I, I would think that's why it's called the Stars National Championship. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing how this plays out. Uh, like you mentioned, 10 events, all big money events, um, different regions of the country. I feel like super late model racing right now in a very good place, very healthy, uh, where I don't know if I would have said that, uh, four or five, six years ago, um, just the way the, the the costs of that style race car escalated so quickly, but it looks like it's leveled out. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it, it works out for Bob and his entire crew next year. I'll really look forward to, to seeing how it works. Absolutely. All right, time for Go With The Flow, our weekend calendar, and we are going to crown another NASCAR Roots champion Coming up this week, actually, it'll be on Thursday this week. So when this episode is airing, keep tuned in to Flow Racing, of course, and also the Motor Racing Network live coverage of the Virginia's Is For Racing 200, and that is at Martinsville Speedway, the NASCAR 
Uh, Wheel and Modified Tour is going to crown their champion. Four drivers in the hunt, all separated by 16 points. John McKennedy is the points leader by six over Ronnie Silk. Of course, don't forget three-time and defending champ Justin Bonsinger back in the third spot. Eric Goodell has snuck in this picture as well. He is minus 13 points. So pretty awesome to have four drivers going for a championship, Kyle, at Martinsville. Typically, we don't end the season there. But uh, I think it's kind of fitting that, you know, Martinsville made it, re- it made its return last year. Uh, everyone was so stoked to have it back and to have a championship race there with NASCAR in town that weekend's got to be pretty special. Yeah, and it, it makes sense uh, for yeah. for the current schedule in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Uh, the last couple of seasons we've seen, or the last many seasons, uh, Stafford's either had the, the season finale or Thompson. It's been up here in the New England region, uh, but with Thompson pulling back their schedule and Stafford coming off the schedule uh, for the last two years, uh, it makes sense to you know put it in front of the national stage, uh, part of a big weekend at the Martinsville Speedway, a track that um, has been on and off the NASCAR modified schedule since uh, 1985. And they obviously, they raced there before the formation of the tour uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So going to be a great weekend. What an entry list uh, approaching 40 cars. Um, Matt Hirschman going to be there. Ryan Priest, Ryan Newman, Bobby Labonte, Doug Kobe, Corey LaJoy, Bobby Santos, Max McLaughlin, just some of the, the names entered, not part of the championship battle. That is separated by just 13 points. Uh, two drivers looking for their first championship, two drivers looking to add on to their championship reign. So going to be a great event. Can't wait to, to tune in on Thursday night, 8 p.m., right here on the Motor Racing Network for all the coverage. That's right. Flag to flag coverage on MRN. So be sure to stick around for that Thursday night. Again, Kyle said 8 Eastern uh, Thursday should be a lot of fun up in Martinsville. Uh, speaking of big time races, the 38th All-America 400 weekend is finally here. Kind of wrapping up our big money series on the late model level. The All-America 400 at Nashville Fairground Speedway. What an entry list again this year. It's kind of been talked about in the media over the last probably month or two once the uh, official entry forms came out. Friday through Sunday, a packed weekend when you're talking about probably six divisions on Friday, pole qualifying Saturday, as well as four feature events. And then, of course, the big 400 lapper on Sunday at one o'clock. A lot of fun, Kyle. And this one always brings out not only a good turnout for the fans, but for the drivers. Uh, The last kind of big marquee before we get into, of course, Snowball Derby weekend in December down in Florida, but uh, everyone wants to win the All-America 400. When you talk about the Winchester 400 we had a couple weeks ago, uh, the Rattler, kind of those marquee events, that this one certainly won, drivers have circled. Yeah, this no doubt uh, won certainly up there. Uh, 300 laps of the Super Late Models on Sunday. Hunter Robbins, Sammy Smith, Bubba Pollard, Casey Broderick, uh, Carson Quapple, uh, uh, Daniel Dye, Derek Thorne, just some of the, the big names that could win that event. 100 laps of the Pro Late Models, 39 cars on that entry list. Gio Ruggiero, Casey Johnson, uh, veteran Mark Day, Katie Hedinger, Buddy Kofoid on the list, Stephen Nassi. So going to be a huge day of racing on Sunday, but it all starts Friday night. They're going to crown their weekly or their, uh, I guess, their local champions. The track, not a, a weekly racetrack, but does compete often during the summer months. They're going to crown their local champions on Friday night, then a full day of practice qualifying and some more features on Saturday leading into 400 laps of racing on Sunday. Uh, It's going to be so much fun to watch, uh, of course, all weekend long. That program is on Racing America. Uh, Kyle did mention at the top of the show, one more weekend racing in his neck of the woods before I'm sure they're going to be talking about snow at some point here coming up, Kyle. So 
you know, that's that's what happens this time of year in New England. But the uh, past series is, co- of course, an ACT uh, late models twin 50s up at the uh, Waterford Speed Bowl. Uh, not too far of a drive for you, I don't think. So I'm assuming you're going to be there on Saturday. Also, New England Super Modifieds are there. Those things are really cool to watch as well. So, Kyle, what can we expect this week and kind of wrapping up the racing up in New England? Yeah, the Open Street Stock's going to be on hand as well. DJ Shaw picking up the uh, ACT Championship this past weekend with the win at Seekonk. So uh, really uh, no title on the line for him this weekend as that is all but wrapped up. But uh, the, right now the forecast uh, appears to be favorable. 65 or so degrees on Saturday, bright sunshine. You're right. It is only 30 minutes from the house and I will be there on Saturday to watch both the Pro All-Star Series and the American Canadian Tour wrapping up their season. One more quick thing before we go, the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series just announced their 2023 schedule. Um, just as we're uh, taping this episode, uh, and it's going to be an eight-race weekend, double event schedule beginning in Valencia, May 6th and 7th, as far as the championship is concerned. October 14th and 15th will be the championship weekend at Zolder next year. There will be an all-star race in Croatia, date and format still to be announced wow. and the for the first time ever an arctic ice race in finland on march 4th and 5th so we're going ice racing with nascar for the first time ever uh the first weekend of march with the nascar wheel and euro series so that'll be amazing to watch play out that uh gonna be fun to see uh, on uh, on flow racing it's like disney on ice you have nascar on ice i Book my plane ticket to Finland. I want to go see this in person. That's for sure. Uh, I, I saw that came out this week, and yikes! Uh, I just I'm trying to imagine a stock car on ice. I mean, we have them on dirt. I guess it makes sense, right? We've had them on dirt, concrete, asphalt. Why the heck not put them on uh-huh. ice? Just another way. Another. Just I'm excited for it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, lots more racing coming up on Flow as well this weekend. If you like dirt, we have ASCS Sprint Cars. USAC begins their Western Swing with Western World out at Cocoa Pond, Arizona, and of course, uh, Motor Racing Network. Not only on Thursday, we have the flag to flag coverage of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Championship race at Martinsville. Of course, Martinsville, the home of the penultimate race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Uh, The Dead on Tools 250 for the Xfinity Series. Uh, Coverage begins 2.30 Eastern on Saturday on MRN and, of course, 1 p.m. Eastern Sunday on the Motor Racing Network for the NASCAR Cup Series Xfinity 500. Super excited as we begin to wrap up the season. Who's going to go for a championship in Phoenix in a couple weeks? Uh, Plus all kinds of NASCAR roots racing. So lots to pay attention to. Uh, Kyle, you said you're going up to Waterford. Any other plans this weekend? Going to Waterford, and uh, I think uh, that's it. We'll be uh, tuned in on Thursday night for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Championship race, and obviously we'll have my eye on Martinsville all day on Saturday while at the racetrack, and then on Sunday for the cup race. Yep. Uh, Likewise, I'll be locked into MRN's coverage of both those events, of course, watching the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour and all the great racing on Flow Racing. Well, that does it for us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast again Close to the end of 2022, but we're going to talk champions with the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour next week. Be sure to stick around for that. For our producer, Craig Moore and Kyle Ricky, my name is Chris Wilner. Have a great weekend of racing. Enjoy all the action. Of course, we'll talk about it next week.